welcome to Deep Thrones Midweek Mayhem. Midweek Mayhem. Today, today we're covering behind the scenes of Hot Dragon. Jeez. House of Dragon. <laughs> Hot Dragon. Episode 8. Hot Dragon. Hot, Hot Dragon. I am Sims. My partner's Teenie's here. What's up, Chief? Hey, how's it going, man? How? What have you been doing this week? <laughs> You know, obviously not exercising my brain. Thinking about hot dragons? And, <laughs> Look at this guy's search history. We also have a friend of the pod, longtime friend, Hannah Bowen on. What's up, Ham? What up, guys? Longer time friend of Chris's. Shorter friend of mine. But still, it's been a, a while now. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've made up some time fast. Yeah. So, Hannah, thanks for joining us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your Thrones journey? And uh, were you a book reader, show watcher? Where do you stand? So, I am a young novice of of the show, of the series. I, I actually never even watched Game of Thrones, but have jumped on board for the Hot D. Just because I heard that it's going to have some changes in it. They're taking the people's feedback. And I'd actually started Game of Thrones and then I it started it really late. And so the other, the last two seasons had come out and I heard such negative feedback. That I was like, why would I even continue to watch this? Like, why would I endure all the rape and violence just for a series that's going to like peter out for lack of better words? Interesting take. Yeah. Question, Hannah, you were a quick, I feel like you were one of the first people to follow the Deep Thrones pod on Instagram, but does that mean you didn't listen to us at all? And just be honest, you're on the hot seat now. Did you ever listen to I- me? <laughs> I did. I I definitely did listen. And so I feel like we had this conversation and you probably don't remember. So I'm going to flip the hot seat back around to you because, because I was saying this is so graphic. I don't know if I can do it. And you guys were like, well, we have a comedic spin on a podcast of it. And I was like, yeah. Okay, I'll give it a listen. I'll edit it out. I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit that whole thing out. But (laughs) I appreciate you you correcting me on that. The power of editing. Yeah. Before we get into this review, I just want to ask you something really quick. Um, I think from the female perspective, me and Chris have been asking a lot of people this because you mentioned the gratuitous violence in Game of Thrones. What do you think of the birthing scenes? Because those have actually been very controversial. Some women have said they're too, like, violent. And that it's like gratuitous at this point. Like they're beating a dead horse with how every woman is having an issue with birthing scenes. I feel like the the birthing scenes that are totally out of the control of the woman, like what we saw in the opening scene, is a, a complicated story. But I liked the comparison. I think I heard this after one of the shows in terms of comparing like the battlefield during that time and the birthing scene or kind of the birthing yeah. arena to the battlefield and that being kind of like a woman's battle. And so I don't know, I can stomach, I can stomach that like gruesome scene in terms of childbirth a lot more than like sexual violence. I was going to ask what, what have been your thoughts so far? I mean, are you liking what you're seeing from house of dragon season one? And, and what did you rate this most recent episode as well? What's the rating system again? Like what are one to 10? I I feel pressured about the rating system because I feel like you guys are not to put you back on the hot seat. But if you listen to our podcast, you would know that the rating system is one to ten. I did, but I my brain doesn't do good at numbers, so there we are. Um, I was like, could it be a five star kind of situation? But um, no, I I really like what they're doing. I I like the idea of also just kind of like depth to female characters and other kinds of people that we're seeing identity wise, because we know people like gay people and women and um, like the more people that were on the margins were alive back in the history. So I feel like it gives a better like historical context to it. 
And so it's mm-hmm. not just about like a bunch of kings yeah. that are, are ruling and just really committing some like harsh wars and violence and all test rush around. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I really appreciate it because I, I was worried about them kind of like pitting the two female characters just in kind of very like superficial way, but we're seeing some depth there and yeah. we're seeing some like ebbing and flowing. And I like that a lot. For sure. If it was a Facebook relationship, it would be complicated. All right. Uh, Hannah, so for this last episode, one to 10, what did you give it just for this last one? The last episode, I really, I did appreciate this episode a lot. Maybe let's give it a hard 7.2. Love that. 7.2. A hard 7.2. Yeah, that's good. No, I I think you're right around where me and Chris were as well. I think I was a seven and Chris was like a seven point something. So you might have split the same. 7.8. Yeah. I thought yours was like a 6.8, Sims. No, it was a 7.8. Yeah, yeah. This was my favorite episode thus far. It's been solid. It's been solid. Uh, And I think I I like the new actors as well. But let's get into it. Chris, we have some exciting news, some confirmation from George R.R. Martin himself that Daron Targaryen, there just simply was not enough screen time for Daron, who of course will be Team Greens. He's Aemon and Aegon's younger brother and Helena's younger younger brother. Uh, But he's at Old Town right now, according to George. So I I was... Well, we were talking about this for a couple of weeks, but Darren the Daring is going to be confirmed in House of the Dragon. I'm actually, I don't know. I'm kind of like pumped that he's going to be in it because I'm a big fan of the character. However, for our podcast, me being a fan of the Blacks, Darren's a big get for the Greens. So Huge that's, get. That's kind, of a, that's kind of an issue for me. A few things. One, we've been talking about this for three weeks that he was not in the show. We were freaking out. And for George to confirm it, I, I texted you in all caps with a link to the article. So that was a very exciting moment for us Two, It's huge, huge get for the greens. My, my greens are up. The greens are hot. Otto smiled last episode. Olivia cook who plays Allison is apparently really good friends with Rihanna and modeling her like uh, lingerie line. I think that's episode six in a row. I've mentioned. mentioned No, (laughs) yeah, no, I don't think we've talked about it. I feel like we got to keep talking about it, but it's all like the greens are up right now. Also, Amon's is a badass, it turns out. So that's also, that was all over the internet, was how big of a badass Amon is. So, Hannah, um, I'm assuming that you haven't read Fire and Blood. No, I have not. I have not, but I'm I'm interested on some facts. The reason why we're so pumped about Darren is he, from my point of view, he was one of the only side people on the green side that was not malicious and just like power hungry and, you know, kind of committing power grabs left and right Mm -hmm. and possibly even a little misogynistic, misogynistic. So, you know, in my point of view, Darren only stood up for his family and he has some pretty badass moments throughout the series so i would include with those adjectives you just mentioned chris i'd include otto probably allison as well maybe amond helena i think all of them are pretty good aegon's got some issues helena helena is 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 a pure soul on the green side i would say otto no otto aegon hell no otto otto don't know careful be very careful with what you say (laughs) (laughs) um but chris really quick the Red Keep now versus the Red Keep in the beginning of the season. What are you seeing? Any differences? Well, I'm, I'm sure you recall season or season one, episode one. I was nerding out over how bustling the court was, and it was crowded. People were happy. People seemed to be almost like frolicking around the Red Keep. And in my, from what I've read, and even in in the era of the Game of Thrones that we saw, that's how it should have been. Right. And now. 
since Allison and Otto are in control. Allison went and found God. Shout out Kanye West, who turns out to be a massive asshole at this moment. Um, but now Allison has devoted the Red Keep to the Seven, and it looks more like a monastery than it does what we saw in the beginning of the season. And I think it's easy to lose track of all those small details as we go through all these time jumps and stuff, and everyone yeah. is drawing attention to the actor changes, and I can't keep up with this name and this name. But for someone who has you know the seasoned years of reading these names and things like that you notice these small things so it's just easy to lose track of that and i I want people to realize that people aren't just the producers the writers the the set designers they're not just going around willy-nilly doing five-year time jumps there's a lot of detail and thought that goes into this stuff and even in this small level yeah i think i just continue to be um i think that time lapse trying to like put myself in that amount of time too, you know, like what it, what's it like with, for these families to be separated for what, how many years, six years, six years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I mean, there's no internet. There's no, like, it might be some mail that they're sending. Some Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. So think about how many, how much people would change within that six years. I mean, we're seeing it on the screen for sure in terms of the different characters, but truly how much life you experience in those six years. For too. sure. That's actually, that's a great point because a lot of the messages that we've been receiving as a pod have been kind of asking to fill in the gaps and even some frustrations about what's not being shown on screen. And, you know, just earlier this week, I was having the conversation that, with this time jump, you have to, it's implied that things have changed and they drop little hints in the lines that we see on screen. But that's a great point. Like they've probably changed more than we even see. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, you see it with Amon. I think Amon and Egan both, they've become different people and not necessarily good people either. Chris, in the courtyard training scene, this is more, I think, for you because I don't even know who these guys are, but the Cargill bros were spotted, were spotted sparring. Spar- they were <laughs> yeah. spotted sparring? Yes. Right, spotted I, actually, I, didn't, I didn't notice this until my until my rewatch. But so remember when Allison was uh, walking away and the, one of the Kingsguard, Eric Cargill, was kind of saying something to her about guests arriving or something like yeah, that? Yeah. So he has a twin, Eric and Arik. And they were spotted sparring in that courtyard scene in the last episode, which it's like an Easter egg. It's 100% an Easter egg. Yeah, not only so that, definitely a lot of sparring. saying too much, just keep an eye on it. Uh, for, so, Wait, but but what, what are the twins' names? Can we just note that really Eric quickly? For the and black and Eric. Eric with an it's E a, and Arik with an A. Yeah, it's A-R-R-Y-K and then E-R-R-Y-K. Yeah. So, Cargo is the last name. Differences between Fire and Blood and House of the Dragon, Vayman. Chris, do you notice some of those? Yeah. Um, so, nerding out again, maybe people don't care about this as much as I do, but I figured since this is your source of Fire and Blood and Hot Dragon knowledge, <laughs> Love hot dragons. I'm going to kind of spit some at you. So, Vayman in Fire and Blood is actually Corus's nephew and not his brother. But they do kind of play a similar role. Vaymond is on Driftmark, trying to claim the throne, saying that Rhaenyra's kids are bastards, just like we saw on screen. Only difference is Vaymond doesn't go to King's Landing to petition because 
you know, you have to assume that that's kind of a bold strategy going into the King's backyard to call his grandkids bastards. Um, so he says all that stuff on Driftmark. Rhaenyra hears about it and sends Damon to Driftmark, and he beheads Faemon there, brings the body back, and uh, feeds it to Cyrax, who is Rhaenyra's dragon. I have a question. Do you think Veyman knew he was going to die at that point? And I'm talking about in the show, not in the books, because he 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 had lost. He knew he had lost Driftmark. So at that point, was he just like, "Fine, I'll just fucking get one." Damon says, "Say it," because not only does he call the kids bastards, but he calls Rhaenyra a whore. Hannah, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, and I feel like you guys were hating on Veyman in the recap that I listened to earlier. And I don't know. I just I feel like I love the fuck it mentality like i love to just like coming i i it's bold it's dumb because he it's basically just kamikaze himself right but bold because who else has the balls to be able to do that so i honestly for the game later today damon's coming back for me <laughs> true uh, it, it you know you make a good but point he called again. out your queen hannah aren't you team blacks he called out rhaenyra and he called her the w word it's true. I mean, it's, it can be the two things can exist at the same time. True. Cheating. That's true. Right? Like I can be Team Blacks. I love Rhaenyra, my favorite character, and also Veyman can get it. True. true. <laughs> can get it. That's fair. Like, like uh, That's half fair. head or full head. Yeah. True. <laughs> He's still, still, <laughs> he's, still got, yeah, he's still got his tongue. Yeah, he's still got his tongue. That's true. I was, I'm was. i a big Rhaenyra fan, and I'm Team Green, so that's fair. Because Rhaenyra can get it. And Bayman, the actor who plays Bayman, did say that he knew that he was most likely going to die in that moment. In, in the behind the scenes that I watched. But he said Bayman knew that what he was saying was right about the kids. And before he died, he was going to let everyone else know it. Even if he lost his life doing that. Yeah, he wasn't so. wrong. They are bastards, which is why the Greens, I think, have a better claim to the throne. So glad we're all in agree. Glad we all agree on that. So, um, and sticking with Vaymond, um, CGI on Vaymond's beheading. I thought it looked pretty nasty, Chris. You got more intel on that? Yeah. So on the house that the dragon built, they actually talked about how they set up that scene. They had Matt Smith actually swing kind of like a fake sword close to. I forget the actor who played Vaymond's name but close to his head and then they subbed him out they did a whole body imaging kind of molded designed and made a replica of Damon's body so it was like a real life replica real weight everything cut the head off the tongue was there so it wasn't the only part that was C- cgi was the sword actually going through his head yeah which was interesting so the body laying there on the ground was actually like a real model yeah, it looks funky though, didn't it? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I guess I, I, I have no reference. Like I'm not like Jeffrey Dahmer. Like I don't know what that would look like in real life. So I guess I don't really know. I well, I mean, you, I assume a human body has blood in it. You know, I'm don't, I don't <laughs> insinuate that I'm Jeffrey Dahmer for my questioning <laughs> of the CG on that of the practical effects. No, 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 Jeff, 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 Jeff. That scene too, Shady, of like where they pan back in. And they're like tending to his body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely doesn't look realistic because usually I look away and it took me like a second to register. Like I was looking at a inside of a dead body. Yeah. It was just kind of like like when his tongue was popping out. I was like, oh, come on, man. That was like kind of kind of corny to me. 
to me. But, you know, they spent all that time on that fucking mold. So I did like my favorite part was when at dinner when Allison like toasted Vaymond and it shows Damon and he's just like what the fuck I just yeah. killed that guy. <laughs> Dude, we've, we've all made that look before when someone's talking about some bullshit and we're just like, come on. Yeah, yeah. She's praying and he's like, what is this, religion? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Damon is the most religious person. Do the Targaryens, rep, do they acknowledge the Seven? Do they care about the no. Seven? No, so they, they did not worship the Seven, but once Aegon and his sisters conquered the Seven Kingdoms, or I guess six at that time, they, um, they did take on the seven as their like state religion because most of the people worship except the, the north who worships the old gods which of course are the trees essentially right yeah. and they and they let it be they it, they wanted the easiest assimilation possible okay i gotta admit i didn't fully read this fucking review but number six is pissing me off this is chris wrote the our our he always writes our our little like script here <laughs> We didn't talk enough about Jace's growth. Seems like he's possibly best fit to become king. I knew, I knew, I actually worded it that way because I knew you'd get pissed when you read it. You wrote the sentence, seems, seems like he's possibly best fit to become king. I don't know who, who we, wrote that. Who we think Sounds is like best fit smart. to rule? Question mark. <laughs> all right. First of all. A great what? What about him? Screams great ruler. His so shaggy brown just, hair. I, I look what, like Jace. You're insinuating I would be a good king. Okay. Well, first of all, looks do not make a good king or queen. I was referring to the scene where he was studying high Valyrian, and okay. he was trying, like, working for hours to get at it to the point where Rhaenyra had to come in and tell him, like, maybe don't try so hard. And he said, "I want a, a king needs to honor his forebears." So you can tell that, and then we also see him training. So he's he's getting in good physical shape. I think he's got a very kind personality, and he doesn't seem to be like all these other characters. All the other kids seem to have some sort of like far, you know, far spectrum. Like Aegon's very gross, Aegon's in it, yeah, rapey, yeah. Aemon, very like nothing wrong with him. Violent, like uh, yeah, whatever. Um, Helena's kind of out there, but. I think Jace is very leveled. Jace, no, can't be a good. Be wouldn't king. be a good king. He punched Aemond. Aemond literally chuckled, took the punch, and then pushed him over, and he went down like a weeble wobble. Except he didn't get back up. So you know what, Aemond, Aemond over Jace. Hannah, so what did you, you think, think of the kids? Aemond is best fit to be king. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the question. Who do who do we think is best fit to rule out of the children? Oh, out of the children? Oof. Out of the children. God, I don't know. I gotta, I'm going to have to see what Daron is up to, Joffrey. Helena seems like she's got a good heart. Why not her? Okay. Hannah, what, Hannah, what do you think? Well, I'm still going to be ride or die Rhaenyra. So if we're thinking about when Rhaenyra dies, who the power wants to be Then it would be, it would be Jace then, I guess. Then I'm thinking it would be Rhaenyra's kids. But I wonder about, because like what is, what, what is the kind of like criteria for who becomes power, right? It's like bloodline and birth order, yeah, essentially. That's it. Yeah. And it's yeah, not really about what's in the best interest of the people or who's going to be like deemed the best leader of the people or really anything else about how cute they are. But I'm wondering about Rhaenyra and Damon's kids being kind of like the bloodline to rule. Oh, you're saying Rhaenyra and Damon's kids will supersede Jace, Aegon, and Viserys, 
and uh, Rhaenyra is currently pregnant, I believe, as well. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, we didn't really give those kids a shout. That's that's a very interesting take. It is. No, I like it. But apparently Chris thinks Jace is super fit, so maybe Chris <laughs> is apparently in Jace's court. Uh, Helena... Hey, one, one thing, oh, one so thing I did want to bring up before we moved on uh, into some of this later stuff, but Allison and Rhaenyra at that dinner scene, we talked about it a little bit on, on Monday's episode of the pod, but... I just thought like it was a touching end to their relationship when Rhaenyra thanks and apologizes to Alicent because Rhaenyra wasn't there and Alicent was there for, for Viserys. And Alicent like almost had tears in her eyes and yeah. then she said, you will make a fine queen. And I, it, it just kind of sucks like knowing what's about to happen. Even looking at the next week preview, you can tell that like they're at odds again. Oh, so I mean, yeah. Yeah. Even when she said, you'll make a fine queen, it showed Otto, and he was kind of like, what? <laughs> huh? Huh? Who's, yeah. who's queen? Uh, yeah, so it's no. just, I, I, think, I think it was a good like shout-out to what we remember from earlier in the season with Melly and Emily. Um, it, it, I, I just thought it was a touching end to their relationship as we know it at this point. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, moving on, Helena said something during that dinner that kind of got passed over because everyone started talking like as she was saying it. She said, beware the beast under the board. Uh, is that possibly foreshadowing? I, I think we have to put a listen alert to everything on everything that Helena says. She is like uh, touched. She can like see things. Even with Eamon, the few episodes before he lost his eye, she said like when she was talking in the background and Alice it was like, you'll ride a dragon. And she said he'll have to close an eye. Al, uh, Helena can see. She's she's so Raven. She's clairvoyant. <laughs> she's a dreamer. I think. Yeah, I, I think you cannot dismiss anything that Helena says. And I, I'm not gonna. Obviously, I know what happened, so I'm not gonna say anything further. But I yes. feel bad. She's married to Aegon. Oh yeah. Hannah, you got something you want to say? I just have a question. Does she? Is that mean that? Is that known? If in the books that she's a like dreamer or do they like do they reference clairvoyance no no they don't in the books with this is kind of a fresh take on helena and i'm i'm all in for it not I on clear. helena though i will say to hannah that it is in lore that some targaryens have abilities mm-hmm. to see things i mean the doom of valeria which is where they're from a targaryen woman prophesized essentially mm-hmm. and that's why the targaryens got the fuck out when the volcanoes erupted and all the other dragon lords died, and that's why Targaryens are the only people remaining with dragons. The inside scoop. The inside, the inside scoop here on Deep Thrones. Uh, moving right along, Rhaenyra is traveling while pregnant, going through these tense situations. That can't be good for the little dragon baby, can it? Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess no on that one. I, again, maybe something to keep an eye on. But she kept like grabbing her stomach uh, softly in some of these scenes, and you just. You just got to think, like, she went from traveling to King's Landing into a very tense situation where she literally thought that she was going to lose the throne because her kids were being questioned. She was at the, like, last moment of desperation. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that that's not good for a baby. I mean, yeah, I would assume so. But I feel like touching your belly is normal when you're pregnant. Everyone does that. I mean, I'm getting a bit of a beer belly. I touch it all the time. That's true. Rhaenyra says to Alicent uh, at the end of that at the end of that dinner, she's like, "Listen, like I'm gonna take the kids back to Dragonstone. I'll return on Dragonback." Foreshadowing. I'll return on Dragonback is like a veiled threat, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think this episode's got 
And this is another one of the reasons why this was my favorite episode thus far. There's just so much that when you actually listen and look at the setting and kind of pick up on some of the, you know, under the under the radar comments, there's a lot happening in this episode. Yeah. So I, I think we've mentioned the word foreshadowing already three times within the last, like, 20 minutes. So. Anna, as a new person, like as a new, I guess, a new viewer or fan of the Westeros world, uh, this show is called House of the Dragon. We've had very limited dragon action in terms of, like, actual, like, other than Amon riding his dragon, and, like, I guess if you even count, I, oh, yeah, I guess Laenor at, at, like, you know, in, in the Battle of the Stepstones. Are, would you say, like, there's been enough dragon action, not enough dragon action? Because I think the next two episodes it'll pick up. Yeah, I, I feel like I want more. Who doesn't want more dragons? You know, like, we all want more dragons. <laughs> want, Chris definitely does. <laughs> Dude, hot dragons. To be completely honest, when I just so when I first read the the outline, I was like, "Oh, she's bearing a child," and then I was like, "Whoa, they can carry dragons in their rooms too." Uh, yeah. When Chris said "little dragon baby," he just meant a future Targaryen. He didn't oh, mean okay. an actual yeah. dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a detail that I was missing the whole time. I was like, "Yeah, no." The mother of dragons thing for like Daenerys was just because she brought, like, she had dragons. It's not like she didn't birth them herself. No, no. Okay, never mind. Traveling third trimester. That's that's when you don't want to travel by dragon back. Yeah, but if they could give birth to dragons, that'd be awesome. That would be or like painful. That would yeah. You seen how big a dragon egg is? I think. I don't know, but it's just it's a cylinder, you know. I feel like that'd be easy to like. Babies have all these edges with like shoulders and knees and shit. All right, moving right along. That's not, to... that's not my area of expertise. I don't mean mine neither, but I feel like <laughs> I would rather I would rather poop out a like a oval than a human shaped object. It's good yeah, to well, you in your butt, I, baby. Yeah, how much, you know, how much does it weigh? It's scaly. It's scaly. You that's know, true. You, you catch those scales backwards, then you're. But do you, you a whole mess on your head? Does do you lay the egg at full size? Well, it looks like it looks like from the beginning of this past episode they lay them in like clutches of like three or four. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that might not be too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, if you lay them when they they're small and they like you remember those things that you said drop in water and it would expand really. Yes. Big, like, Yes, Maybe that's the effect. That's the effect of what giving. That's what giving birth is, guys. We learned it here. Yeah, on adult details. Happy Meals. You can get those in Adult Happy Happy Meals now. I'm looking forward to McDonald's is bringing back Happy Meals for adults. That's an awesome idea. I love that idea. Well, different yeah, podcasts. Yeah. Apparently, the McDonald's yeah. workers hate them because they run out of toys really quick, or they run out of like the boxes really quick, and then people just like yell and scream at them, and they're like, "It's it's you know, it's obviously not our fault that we didn't get." Wow. enough of toys but first world problems isn't that great classic, um, adult. classic adults classic adults just ruining everything uh next week preview chris otto says to eric and Arik cargill he's like no one can know who you are or what you seek it's uh this next episode is gonna be freaking dope so you have you have eric and Arik who again maybe a foreshadowing that sparring scene that we saw earlier we see in this next week preview a crowd at the Dragon Pit. So this is after they already implied that Viserys is dead. So what's that crowd doing at the Dragon Pit? Oh, they say he's dead. You know, is it is it some sort of riot? Is it maybe I don't know? Are they are they talking about who's going to be queen or king? 
um, you have a light-haired child that's in prison. It looks like a Targaryen kid is like imprisoned or in some sort of like cold room cell or something. So I, I'm not quite sure who that's going to be. Beesberry's at the table talking about treason, and this is on this voiceover. It's the only time that we've heard him speaking where he actually is like speaking English and not just blabbering over himself. So it seems like Beesberry is pretty worked up. And then you have a flash to a new crown that's not the one that we saw in Viserys. So that's you know probably implying that there's going to be more than one person who's crowned in the next episode. Yes. So essentially the High Towers, I think, have taken full control. Episode 9 is called the Green Council, right? So obviously Team Greens, High Towers, Aegon, Aemon, Helena, right? What'd you say, Chris? Lame. Yeah, don't talk over me. Um, and so, but the issue is, is that Rhaenyra goes to Dragonstone at the end of last episode, right? So the high towers are in the position of power. They're there at the capital to claim the throne. They're the first ones to know the king has died. They're the first ones yep. that can react. They're the first ones to say, Aegon, go sit on the fucking throne. We're going to crown you. And They've this got is what's, all the symbols of legitimacy right there. This is what's going to essentially start the civil war known as the Dance of Dragons. This is... Honestly, in the history book, Fire and Blood, the first eight episodes is essentially a page. But I, I give credit to Ryan Condal for giving us all that disposi- all that exposition, all that explanation of who these characters are so that we care before the war starts. I think I've used this analogy before, Chris, where I was like, it's like making a documentary about the Civil War without explaining like how it's why it came to be. You know what I mean? Just getting yeah, into the war. Yeah. You needed to understand why these pieces were the way that they were. Uh, and where, like why each side was taken, right? And I think they've done a really good job with that. Obviously, the time jumps were jarring, but we've gotten to the point to where those are at their end, and we can actually see now, all right, this is what led up to the war, and now, boom, it's war. Hannah, as a viewer, did yeah. you find all that jarring? No, I, I'm a I'm a big um, fan of context, and so I would say that it makes sense. I It makes sense in terms of being kind of like a world builder, that there would be a lot of context that that were to kind of as as consumers of this like needing to pay attention to essentially too is like i like i did not notice the crown switch at all yeah those so, are, me neither but i also you have sims you have like the kind of primed of kind of what to look for as well since you right. have in your so due to his book knowledge he knows what to look for he's got a keen eye for this stuff he's always looking for any weird nuances or of course checking out jace's fit um which i think we're very (laughs) grateful that chris did that as well to see how fit jace is all of a sudden aemon's got a foot on him all right it doesn't matter me and chris are gonna be arguing over aemon and jace's fit off the air which is an issue my week has been ruined so this guy brings up Allison Hightower's photo shoot four different times on four different episodes. First off, I mentioned Jace being fit to be a king, and, and now I'm getting railed about it. First off, her name is Olivia Cook. She's an actress. She plays Allison Hightower, all right? And she's friends with Rihanna. Ever heard of her, Chris? Uh, secondly... You threw this in here just to make me mad. I know you did. That's true. Jace's, That's true. Jace, we didn't talk enough about Jace's growth. <laughs> like, what? Get that out of the fucking script. That's the last time I don't proofread this beforehand. I want say in what goes into this shit from now on. <laughs> and I was like, I've been noticing Jace's growth more because I... It was... Nah. He looks yeah, like... Yeah. Jace looks like he's in a boy band. 
All right. He's got the shit. He looks like a beetle. He looks like a beetle in the medieval times. Yeah, some people say the Beatles are the best band of all time. So some people, not me, uh, Chris. Also, not me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But we talked about the Green Council um, when I was sort of going on my rant about sort of the pieces being in place and Rhaenyra being a Dragonstone. Sort of give us the fire and blood context of that. I mean, that essentially is is it. That's right. That's what kicks it all off. Yeah. So. You, you kind of touched on this before, but in Fire and Blood, up to everything that we've seen so far is essentially a prologue to the Targaryen Civil War known as the Dance of Dragons. So in in the chapters that we see before this, it's not even called, they don't refer to it as the Dance of Dragons, they refer to it as the Dying of Dragons in the book. But that Dying of Dragons first chapter hasn't even started yet, and there's right. like six of them. So, you know, we're really about to get into the meat and potatoes and stuff. The Green Council, like you mentioned, it has all the symbols of legitimacy. It has the initiative. The The folks on Dragonstone don't even realize that they're a black council yet because they don't know that the king is dead. They don't even know he's dead, yeah. So they, you know, it depends on how far we're going to get in this episode here, but there, there could be some some major events as far as catalysts, throwing us full full tilt into the Dance of Dragons as we know it. And one more thing I wanted to say about the the ending of last episode was that, you know, listen, Alison Hightower obviously is being painted as the villain, and she, she did some bad things. Obviously, the way she treated Aegon's victim was very much, you know, unhealthy, right? But I do think that at the very end, her misinterpreting Viserys and the the prince that's prompt, the song of ice and fire, the the dream, mm-hmm. the vision, the prophecy. I think that is something me and Chris have been looking for because it makes it more gray, right? If she believes wholeheartedly in her heart that Viserys was talking about her Aegon with him, then she has sort of a justification for what she's doing. And listen, mm-hmm. if if they don't nerf Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra is going to do some really evil shit in wartime. In wartime, there's no doubt about it. But it's going to become more gray to where, like, you can justify being a fan of the Blacks and you can justify being a fan of the Greens, which I think makes the Dance Dragon so compelling. Now, obviously, the Greens, I think, got a little, if you did a little scale, they're tilting toward evil. Um, but you at least can justify it. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're spot on. It's, this, is why, this is why we like Game of Thrones. This is why we're really going to, I think the people, teetering on the side of whether they like House of the Dragon or not are going to start loving it after this episode that we see because there's no yes Viserys did want to say that Rhaenyra was his heir right there's there's no denying that good man however Viserys was also alive when he was chosen in a council of 101 that said it goes to the male heir right that's why he was on the throne so you know his precedence was like him naming her a Air was against his own president. Right. So that whole kind of cascade of events is based off of something that possibly shouldn't have happened if he wasn't that pissed at Damon about Damon, um, you know, being a knucklehead, basically. So not, not only that, but if he it, just waited, if he just waited and married Allison cool and then had their head. fucking kids, you know? Yeah. So, like you said, you, you, you're spot on. There's no. It's not black and white. It's it's green and black. So. All right. So then to the final segment. Hannah, this one's more for you. Me and Chris were wondering. Uh, it, it seemed like the parents were at least 
going to give Peace a try after Viserys' final acts, but the kids ruined it, right? But the kids to this point have been raised at a time of turmoil between the parents. Uh, what impact do you think their parenting has had on their behavior now, if any? Hannah, yeah. to, for a little background too, Hannah had like, give background as to what you do if you want. I'm a therapist. I work with kids. I work with families. So I'm thinking about families all day, every day, basically. You're like Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting uh, comparison, but I'll family. take it. Yeah. Um, I would say that the question that I was holding in mind I was, as I was doing my re- rewatch was how does distance and conflict within extended families, like for instance, Big Secrets, create ripple effects within family systems. And so I think we are seeing some of this manifest as like behavior problems, as violence, as family turmoil. Um, and do you like I, I go back to kind of like thinking about the distance as something that is is huge. And then thinking about, okay, we so we have six years of distance, but then whenever we are in the same spaces together, it's nothing but fighting and turmoil. Right. Mm-hmm. And what hap- what ha- what happens when like your cousin cuts out your eyeball too? I it seems like that would be slightly traumatic. I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah, and like watching, like thinking about like all the violence that they see. Thinking about even just seeing Vaman being there when their their grandfather is it their grandfather and dad are both or grandfather and dad are it's he's like literally decaying in front of them. Right. No, yeah, Viserys yeah. is absolutely, his eyeballs gone at dinner, you know. Yeah, no, I think you're 100% spot on. But think about even the complication of Damon cutting off, was it? Damon. Damon, their uncle, yeah. Damon cutting off of um, Damon's head and talking about the Ill- illegitimacy of them even existing, too. Right. In front of them. So. Yeah. That would be very intense to where it's like, okay, that's then their stepfather that they have to go to. Right. Their father figure that they have to go to after they watched, even though he was defending their honor in a way, but after he watched them like him obliterate one of his their family members, like close him and a person like that. Their I want to switch. Father, who's also their great uncle ish, who's also. Um, it's complicated. The, father of of half brothers who may or may not take their legitimacy and their claim it's a very it's a very complicated situation i want to switch speeds real quick because this is a much more difficult one i think and it's a delicate one so i want to try to frame the question properly so it doesn't come off incorrectly but like so Aegon, for instance terrible person right we know what he did the handmaid but he says something to Allison like, you know, I didn't want to be this way, but you kind of, you know, this is all this pressure you're putting on me. That doesn't excuse his actions at all. But like a, a person like Aegon, like how much of his actions are attributed to his upbringing versus like he just seems like a terrible person. You know what I mean? Like how much is nature versus nurture? That might be way too vague of a question. Sure, for sure. And I feel like we could definitely go into that a lot. But just thinking about what we know about his character and his experiences, too, it's like he is there's no limits to what he can do. He, the entitlement, he can, right? He, he can do whatever. Anything, do anything you want. At the same time, he has, he's like in line for so much power. And then at the same time, he's also like witnessing all of this turmoil and all this violence. So it's kind of like normalized around him the whole time. Right. And so I don't see it being any of, I mean, there's fault, there's accountability that needs to be had as like a what, young 20 some year old? For sure. Yeah. Late teens. 
late, late teens, but think about loss, death, all the wielding of power and really problematic ways that they see in front of them. Yeah. Like it's inevitably he's going to grow up to be a, a huge douche. And switching yeah. speeds now, I'm going to kick it to Chris. Chris, I think I wanted to mention this to you. Aegon, I feel like now he's a bad person, so that doesn't relate to Tommen at all. But his relationship with Allison, I think, was very Tommen to Cersei. And I feel like Aemon's relationship to Allison, just based on what we saw at the end, was very Joffrey to Cersei. I think Aegon defers to Allison and almost wants to do right by Allison and is sad that she said, you're no son of mine. And I think Amon's, at least what we saw on screen, one episode, way too early of a hot take, was kind of like, I don't fucking care what you think. If I'm going to call him the strong boys at dinner, I'm going to call him the strong boys at dinner. I, I can see the comparison between Amon and Joffrey a little bit. Although, like we talked about on our last episode, Amon's definitely not nearly as off the off the rails as Joffrey He's was. calculated, yeah. Exactly. And I, for the Aegon part of it, I think Aegon drowns himself in booze because he does not he's not prepared to face the reality of what he's going to have to do he said that he doesn't want to take the throne he from said his it. good sister he said i wouldn't challenge right? her and right Allison backhanded and so him. i i think that he is i think he thinks what he's doing is wrong and he's trying to escape reality from that at the same time he's like hannah said he's trying to juggle all this power that he has and the no limits and all this and he's seeing all this right. violence happening so I, I think Tommen was very much sheltered and not given a, a long leash like Aegon is. For sure. That part I'm not, but I'm just saying the Allison direct relationship. I'm saying I feel like Aegon definitely is more like, whatever you want, Mom, I'm going to do for you even though I don't want it. Whereas I feel like Amond is less like, I don't give a fuck really what Allison thinks. I'm in it for Amond. Yeah, per- perhaps. One, one thing that I did want to bring up to you as well is I think that Damon is a combo. If you combine Aegon and Aemon, I think you get Damon. I can see that. I can see that for sure. I, like I think that's a great... It's kind of like... He, he grew up like going out on the Street of Silk and in Flea Bottom, Flea Bottom and stuff. And for he was sure. kind of a troublemaker, but he still had a strong like moral compass like where he stuck up for his family and um, was always calculating and was a good strategist and stuff. So, yeah. So I think he kind of has like the the better qualities of, of the two of those. I think I think I totally agree with that. I think that's very accurate. And I think that's a great segue, for no other reason other than that I'm going to segue anyway, into our final <laughs> segment, which is a version of Fuck, Mary Kill, but it's medieval style, it's Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon style, and it's Bed, Wed, Betray. Woo. Bed, Wed, Betray. So how this is going to work is we're all... What's up? Sorry. Are we not doing open question and answers? Oh, wait, yeah, we got Hannah questions. Hannah, you got some questions for us? I've Sorry, been, totally I've been brimming over my question. Oh, yeah, you got it. Do it. Fire away. Okay. I want to talk about birth defects and arranged marriages real quick, too. Okay. So wouldn't, wouldn't Damon and Rhaenyra's like, kids have legitimate birth defects? So in the Targaryen sort of lore, how that works is they sort of just, they say with Targaryens you flip a coin, right, when they're born. They'll either be a decent person or insane and angry. And that sort of is how it comes through. Because if you look at inbreeding in animals, and so for instance, like dogs, if you get a dog that's inbred, it won't actually have birth defects, but it becomes very mean and vicious. It tends to. It won't always. So that's why it's important why you check your breeder. So I think that's sort of where the Targaryens are, not to compare them to dogs. I will say in in a world of ice and fire and in fire and blood, there are quite a few instances where babies are born 
what they call quote unquote twisted and some with tails and scales and stuff. So there is, that definitely does exist. And I think that's very good insight. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw that at some point in the series. So hopefully not there on very the good observation or shadow or yeah. shadow. Or yeah. shadow. <laughs> All right. What's your next one? Okay. My other question. And I, I mean, I have a lot of questions, but just to, if for the sake of everyone's time is that, so we talked about kind of the ebb and flow of the Rhaenyra and Villicent. Allison. I've just written her off completely. But anyway, so we saw the ebb and flow of Rhaenyra and Allison's dynamics. And at the end, we see her interpret the series dying wishes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So do we think that she's interpreting it wrong just because she's confused that this is part of like her own ego and wanting to be power hungry in a way, her own beef with Rhaenyra in a way, like what's the source of her interpreting, interpreting it wrong? Because it seemed like before we went into that scene that they were more on the same page. Like it seemed like Rhaenyra and Alicent were going to get along. And he's going to come back and have a relationship with her as he was dying. And so my, my biggest two questions left are like talking about, um, is it because she was power hungry or because I think it's, I think it's a good mix of people hear what they want to hear. And so I, I think she, she had the whole plan of being power hungry and using this, succession situation with the drift driftwood throne to kind of push her own agenda in a way and the, the greens agenda in general but Viserys straightened all that out and I think she truly did kind of get whipped back into shape a little bit there and then we saw the relationship mending a little bit with Rhaenyra and her side of the family but then when Viserys is on his deathbed and he has this premonition that Alicent misinterprets I think it, it kind of either subconsciously or actively awoke this this power-hungry green agenda that she already had. Two things I want to say in defense of the greens. Because now we're talking, everyone's saying power-hungry left and right. Uh, one, <laughs> one, he's on his deathbed. Targaryens are dreamers, premonition people. She's hearing the words Aegon, prince that's promised, mm-hmm. darkness, right? So maybe her last ambition, but also, let's not forget, before the hunt on Aegon's second name day, Viserys openly questioned to her if he made the right choice. He said, I didn't know I was going to marry you. I didn't know I was going to have a son. So she's already had that from the horse's mouth, you know? So we can argue it's power hungry from the Otto side of things, but she's also heard Viserys in the past question it himself. Which we don't know her intentions. Like, I would say we don't know her intentions at all, which is that I want to give that her credit to so that we're not framing her as this, like, I just took this message and ran with it. But because he ended that with saying, it is you. You are the one. You must do this. And he that was his last word. So how kind of conscious was he when he said it? But I could see where she would take that as being something that was very personalized for her. For sure. For sure, totally. Uh, do you have any more questions? One more, sorry. No, you're this good. is one that is feels very important though. I I've been like trying to assess whether Rhaenyra and and her father of a series connection is really genuine, and wondering if he wants her to be the queen because 
he really believed that she could be a good queen or if he was doing that more out of desperation because he wanted to see his name live on in a very specific way. So I just, I, I am trying to understand kind of, and, and going back to this arranged marriage and it just seems like kids are deemed as being these people that you can control and kind of put in line to fulfill your own kind of hopes and dreams for your bloodline. And so I just wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were in terms of like being genuinely connected to each other. Jeez, you got thoughts on that one or you want me to I was going to say kick it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, again, I, I think it's a mix of both. In royal families, your your kids are very much chess pieces to set up, you know, strategy moving forward, alliances, uh, make statements even to a certain degree. And I think what we saw when Viserys named Rhaenyra heir was very much a reaction to his grief with his wife, Emma, passing away very tragically. And his anger with Damon. That was, that was supposed to have. And then the anger with Damon's. So it was, I think it was an impulse decision. I think if he had stopped and thought for a second, he would have realized that, hey, I'm not a super old man. I'm going to remarry and have more kids. So was it was it a mistake no because he doubled down on it multiple times throughout the episodes that we saw so he had plenty of opportunity to change his mind lord knows people asked him a million times so you know it's um i i do think viserys and rhaenyra did develop a genuine connection but we saw in some of the scenes when rhaenyra was younger that viserys didn't really put her in the position to make decisions or even have input on decisions on the small council. And so, you know, I, I think it got to that point as she got older, but I don't think that that trust was there to begin with. Right. All right, guys, that brings us to our final segment, which is bed, wed, betray. It's a version of fuck, Mary kill, uh, but it's throne style. Um, so basically how it's going to work is each one of us is going to throw some names out there. For instance, I'll throw three out there. Chris and Hannah will do, They'd bed, wet, or betray him, and then we'll all just switch. Chris, got anything you want to say? Or... No, I'm excited. This this is going to be fun. I agree. This is the best part of the week. This is the best part of the week. It's the best Go part of my week. Midweek mayhem games. So Who wants to start? Hannah, since you're our guest, you start. You throw three names out there, and me and Chris will either bed them, wed them, or betray them. Okay. This might be a hot take. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing betting Damon, because well, he's... Well, wait. We wait, wait. choose. Oh, oh, yeah. oh I'm, I'm so okay. you throw out three names, and then we'll... Have you ever played Fuck, Mary Kill before? <laughs> <laughs> but I also love to give my opinion, so I didn't know when that went into me. Okay. We well, will... you know what? You toss, your, you toss your opinion out there, and then just give us three names. Yeah. And then we'll go. Okay, so I'm going to bed Damon, wed Vayman, and kill the series. Okay. Wait, what? Vayman. You literally could kill anyone from the show, and you choose Viserys, and that's not even how FMK is played, but I appreciate you just taking the initiative to just say you'd fuck <laughs> that guy and wed the other guy. Cool. So you'd fuck the guy who kills the guy you wed. That's cool. Just seems that's like complicated. It's complicated. That's complicated. I would marry Nicole Brown Simpson, but I'd fuck OJ. Um... <laughs> Too re- hashtag too real. Um, so let's play this game correctly Dude, now. That guy, that guy can't even hang out in L.A. because he's scary. He's going to run into the killer. The killers, they never, they never caught him, Chris. 
They never caught him. What, Damon the Zodiac. What's your, what's your guys's of that version of three? Oh, okay. Damon, Vaman, and Viserys. Oh, it's yeah. easy. I fuck Damon. I marry Viserys, and I kill Vaman. I I second that. Yeah, mm. it's easy. You 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 wed the king, and you know you swing the hot guy, babe. Yeah, yeah and you kill the whiny dude. He's got a yeah. hole in his face. He's got a hole in his face. Well, young Viserys. You marry him. Yeah, young. pre pre hole, pre hole, pre hole. I'm like I'm like Anna Nicole Smith. I marry the rich old guy every day of the week. I got a fuck Mary kill I want to throw out there because especially this is gonna be tough for Chris because we all know how he feels about Jace's fit. But let's throw Jace in there, Rhaenyra, and let's include mm, Mysteria. Both of you give a version for that. But Mysteria's the White Worm, the spy network woman who's a friend okay. with Damon. Well, I think I think I got a bad Mysteria. Okay. Um, wed Rhaenyra because she's my queen. And I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta kill Fit Jake. Kill that Fit. Oh no, Hannah, do you have th- your three on that? I think I have to go right in line with Sims. It's exactly what I was thinking. Wow, so, so fit to be king. Let's all just kill him, huh? Because guess what? <laughs> you throw aim in my way, never killing him. Okay, well let's 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 do that then. Let's go. Let's go, Helena. Let's just go with the kids, Helena, Aegon, Aemon. All right, well, I'm fucking Amond, Mary and Helena. <laughs> well, dude, we're doing bad wet betrayal. Oh, right. You're just Sorry. fucking Amond. Yeah. Sorry. Really I am uh, betting, betting, betting Amond, wedding <laughs> Helena, and I'm betraying Aegon. Easy. It would have been more difficult, I think, for me, would have been Amond, Alicent, and Otto. That would have been, for me, I would have struggled with that one because I would have had to have killed one of them or betrayed one of them. I love all three. All right. Okay. Hannah, do you got uh, Hannah? What would you What would you do on those? Amond, Helena, Aegon. Those are your three. Amond, Amond, Helena, Aegon. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Helena. She knows the future, so just gonna hook it up. I'm definitely gonna kill or betray the rapist. Aegon, um, same as me. Aegon, and then I'm gonna, you know, I'll hook up. Bad. With Bed, bed. Amen, one eye. Yeah. Amen, one eye. Chris, I'm going to throw one at you. Let's do. Um, let's do. Oh, Hannah, you got one? Do it. Throw it. I, I have. Okay, so more controversial again, maybe. I'm going to marry Christian Cole. I'm going to. Sorry. I'm going to wed Christian Cole. I'm gonna bed Harwin Strong. I like Hannah. Your version of fuck Mary Kill is just saying people you're gonna marry, kill, and fuck. You ask the other people and then they pick. <laughs> and then but, I'm gonna kill Damon this time. That's good. That's good. That's good. Those are good fantastic. ones. Chris. I, I, I love it. Just should I just start naming who I'm gonna bed with? <laughs> the hardest i've laughed in a long time chris Kristen cole harwin strong damon what are you doing i gotta kill Kristen cole because dude sucks betray Kristen cole (laughs) i guess i will (laughs) i guess i'll i guess i'll marry damon and bed harwin i'm gonna kill i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna betray harwin because if laris is gonna do it anyway i'll just beat him to it Ooh, uh, and then I'm gonna uh, bed 
Kristen Cole. Because I, too, think it'd be funny to ruin his life. And I'll wed Harwin <laughs> Strong. Or, or wed, who was the other guy? What was the third option? I don't even remember. Damon. Damon. Wed Damon. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Chris, here's a good one. Bed, wed, betray. Laris. Otto. Or um, who else do you hate? People you hate are the ones I want. Uh, let's go with Aegon. Bed, wed, betray. Who's Laris? Laris is the club foot. I, I, I think, I, I mean, I have to put Aegon in the betray category. So yeah. I'm going to go Aegon betray. And then, I mean, dude, see, you're, you're setting me up. You're setting me up just for <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing, you fuck. Um, I guess I, I guess I got a bad auto and bad what Laris. Oh my god, this episode has been worth it. Just all for that. Just hearing Chris say he's got a he's gonna wed Laris strong and he's gonna bed Otto Hightower. Isolate well, the well, I don't wanna bed the club, but kind of oh, okay. it'll be all get all in there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, would Hannah, you... what, out of those three, who who would you do? Who who'd we who's Laris again? He's the one who killed Harwin in the foot. fire. He cut those guys' tongues out a few episodes ago, remember? Sneaky yeah. guy. Dark hair. Very handsome. Right. A lot of fun. I don't know. I feel like Otto gives me kind of like stable, secure vibes. So I'm going to go with him to marry. Hell yeah. I'm going to F um, or bed. Bed. The guy, Laris. And I'm going to. I'm definitely going to murder Aegon. Or <laughs> just flat out murder. <laughs> Commit yeah, homicide. Yeah, we are, we're yeah. all murdering again. How about this? How about this one? Cyrex, Craxies, Vagar. Okay, well, first off, Vagar is very old. And while it has a sweet heart, it did murder Lena. So I'm going to have to betray Vagar. It was a, it was a mercy killer. True, yeah. like Aemon yeah. rides it now, too. So I kind of like that. But Cyrex, like... I feel like since Rhaenyra rides Cyrax, I would wed it so that I kind of would be like, hey, I'm married to the dragon you're riding. That's pretty cool. And then I would um, bed uh, Caraxes because it's called the blood worm. And I feel like, I don't know. You like you like betting blood worms? No, but I feel like it's just like that insinuates maybe it's got some some length. <laughs> <laughs> What? Mostly girth. Mostly girth, I know. But I feel like it's got Vagar's got a lot of girth. He does. What what would you what would you do that for, for that, Sims? Yeah, true. I think I, I, I think I have to wed Vagar because she's the biggest, baddest mofo on earth. <laughs> I have to I have to bed Cyrex because that's my queen. I gotta be gentle with her. I gotta hold on to Cyrex. You know, I gotta really gotta really nurture that relationship you just want to smell you just want to smell it because Rhaenyra's not riding it they did say they did mention the dragon smell in episode one yeah mm. and then that leaves betraying Caraxes because he's a blood worm he's wormy you never know what he's doing he's slithering everywhere all right you don't want that. we're gonna end it on this one I'm gonna throw this out there for you guys let's just throw it all out there put the chips on the table Rhaenyra Alicent Damon. The three main characters of the show, I think, are those three. Viserys is now dead. Let's do it. Rhaenyra, Alice, and Damon. Bed, wed, betray. And then Hannah's got another one. But go. No, no, that was one that I. Oh, exactly... really? We all three yeah. will do this one. Bed, yeah. wed, betray. Rhaenyra, Alice, and Damon. 
Let's start with our guest, Hannah. I mean, it feels it feels very, I think, just obvious, but I'm going to marry Rhaenyra. I'm going to wed, I'm sorry, I'm going to bed Alicent and kill Damon every time. Wow, interesting. All right, um, I'll go next. I'm going to... Um... I'm going to bed Rhaenyra. I'm going to wed my queen, Alicent, and I, I too will betray Damon. Let's get it. I'm, I'm, I'm spot on with, with Hannah. I think that the correct answer is... There's no correct answer. It's opinionated, but go ahead. No, the correct answer is wedding the proper heir to the throne, Rhaenyra Targaryen, first of her name, uh, queen of the Andals in the first Rhaenyra name. would never marry you when she hears you talking about her son's fit. She'd be like, get this fucking pervert away from me. Well, as long as I'm not calling him a bastard, that's I'm good in her book. Uh, and then uh, bed Allison and betray. Um, damn, I almost said Rhaegar. That's wild, Damon. Very similar. <laughs> we can all agree. Yeah, we're betraying Damon. We're betraying really. Damon. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to fuck him. I feel like he'd be he wouldn't cuddle me. But that was another great episode <laughs> of Midweek Mayhem. Uh, Hannah, thank you so much for being here. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. An honor and a pleasure. Thanks. I'm just a big fr- big fan of my friends. So it was a it was good to be a, a friend of the pod tonight. Thank you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. We we'll definitely have to answer the rest of your questions over some crispies uh, some weekend here coming up. But please continue to interact. Uh, we love the feedback that we've been getting. And honestly, like even if you hate the episodes, we we said before, like we think it's cool that these are controversial. There's hot takes yeah. on each side. So please keep sending us that. Like, share, subscribe, spread the word. We've got two more episodes left. And traditionally, the next episode is one of the best in the Game of Thrones family of series. So yeah, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling, guys. <laughs> Finally, uh, Allison, uh, hit me up. You can bed wet and betray me. I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs>